hear the good news of the gospel from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 13. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this text today. <clears throat> Come Holy Spirit, on this Memorial Day weekend, as we remember those, knowing that all gave some, some gave all, and that continues to the families, Gold Star families, those who um, are still forward deployed at great risk. It is a sobering and exhilarating thought to think of the best of our best, giving all, and we pray for them today. As we seek you and your voice, shape our hearts and our minds in your life, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord, meet us again, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Sebastian Younger is an author, and he's a war documentarian. You may know his book, The Perfect Storm, about um, the fishing boat lost off of Massachusetts. He's written about firefighters and uh, smoke jumpers, I think, uh, forest fires. And he has taken the last 10, 15 years to being a war correspondent, a documentarian. Sebastian Younger's work is worth your time. He's written a book called War. And I've not read the book, but I've seen him interviewed. And I've seen his... Um, his outpost, his uh, documentary about the outpost in Afghanistan called Restrepo. Restrepo is an out is a a documentary about a group of soldiers in charge of defending a hilltop overlooking the Korangal Valley in Afghanistan. I think it was in the late maybe two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Sebastian Younger was embedded with this group of guys, and at one point, this valley saw one-fifth of all the combat in Afghanistan was just in this one valley being absorbed by these 150 guys that Younger was embedded with. One of the soldiers told Younger while he was there, he said, you know, there are guys in the platoon who straight up hate each other, but we would all die for each other. Younger astutely points out that he says, he put it this way, he says, once, he's talking about the guys in, the, in this platoon he was with, and he says, once you're exposed to that kind of love, it's such a sure thing, it's so solid, it's so reassuring that everything else looks frightening by comparison. Isn't that good? Isn't that powerful? In the end, Sebastian concludes that courage in war is really love in action. He says, without that kind of love, combat would be impossible. Isn't that something? Very interesting. 
He says, every single guy felt that way up there about everyone else, including guys they didn't like. And when they come home, and when they come home, they can't find that anywhere, and they miss it. We pay tribute to our soldiers always. We pray the Lord will help us care for them, mourn them, honor them, support their loved ones, learn from their experience. And of course, in Sebastian Younger's reporting, you cannot help but hear a reflection, an echo of our Lord's words. Greater love has no one than this, than they lay in their lives for their friends. That's where our text ends today, with that sacrificial love that is so transformative for our soldiers on the battlefield. That same sacrificial love radiates from the heart of the biblical God in Jesus Christ. And so we recognize the stresses of of combat, what our soldiers face is a human singularity, right? Most of us haven't had that experience. It's an entirely, awfully unique experience. But even though that experience is unique, the hunger for the love from that kind of experience is universal, right? That love of having someone's life laid down for you, right? That is a love we all crave, we're built for, we need it. And in fact, it is a love we can all have, the love that those soldiers are searching for when they come home is waiting to be found in Jesus Christ. Always. The love of soldiers, the love of the soldiers who are willing to die for those they don't even like. That love is always and ever present in our God, our triune God. He hates sin, he hates evil, but he loves sinners so much that he dives into death itself. You could say he takes the bullets we deserve, the wages of sin is death, right, after all. But the triune God is not content to sit back and watch us get our payback, right? Now, God, you think, has better things to do, bigger fish to fry. But still, this God himself becomes one of us to run out under fire, taking the bullets we deserve to save us from them. The gospel gives us that saving moment at the cross of Christ. That is, that is the divine life leaping in front of humanity, humanity's self-inflicted wounds, right? Leaping in front of the bullets that we shoot at each other, that we shoot ourselves to save us. That is good news indeed, but there is even more to the good news than that because the gospel gives us not only the saving, but the gospel gives us the love that's behind it. Jesus says in verse nine, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. The root for remain in today's verse in Greek means stay, persist, continue to live. Dale Bruner translates it this way. Just as the Father loved me there, that is how much I have loved you. Make your home in this special love of mine and relax. We not only get the saving, we get the love that is behind it. We get the love that those soldiers find on the battlefield, that they're so desperate to rediscover home at home, 
we're all desperate for it, it turns out. And as scholar C.J. Cruz says it, disciples of Christ are brought into the community of love that exists between the Father and the Son. John 17, 21, one of my favorite verses. You hear me refer to it many times. What does Jesus pray for us? He says, verse 21, 17 chapter, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be in us. We get the saving, we get the love behind the saving, and then we get the relationship of the embrace of the Father and the Son and the Spirit from, where the save, from which the saving arises. Jesus' death on the cross was not merely to pay our debt and walk away and walk out of our lives. He pays our debt to pull us in to his life. Make a home, he says, in the special love of mine and relax. You know, it's way harder than it sounds. It sounds like a great, great theology, great idea, and it is. Uh, but uh, we struggle to live in it, I think. Instead, you know, we get so busy earning and performing and impressing and meriting and attention-getting and whoever we're trying to impress. We try to grab a hold of life rather than allow ourselves to be held in the life of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, that they may be in us, Jesus prays. Instead, we live according to how much we feel we can hold it all together, rather than living out of the freedom of being held together in the embrace of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Remain in my love, he says. It's harder than it sounds. It's what these soldiers want. It's what we all want. It's what we all need. It's the unconditional divine love and embrace that sets us free from even our worst fears, even the fear of death itself. What was the last time you were part of a group hug? You ever do a group hug? I recommend it. I commend it to you. It's good theology. Get yourself with a group of people and get a hug. It's that combination of connection and power and intimacy and community now imagine being offered that and then walking away. No thanks. Or imagine offering that. Say, hey, come here. Hey, you. Come here. Come here. And they walk away because they're busy. Oh, wait, I'm busy. And they never get back to it. They never come in. Oh. Oh. So much of our human life can either be in the, living in the embrace or living on the run from it for some way. Maybe we're too busy. We're distracted. We're scared. Whatever. Don't settle for being saved without experiencing the presence of the Savior. Christianity is more than just an insurance policy in your top drawer. It is a relationship of being embraced and hugged by the triune life itself. Oh, don't settle for less. And we're all learning about how to experience that together and making that a kind of discipline of getting hugged every day because we, we run away for a lot of reasons. Continuing on in verse 10, he says this, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. By the way, there's only one, one time humanity and God have ever come together and got along perfectly. It's in the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? He was the perfect covenant response to the Father. This is the whole book of Hebrews where Israel messed up, where you and I messed up. Jesus is the perfectly fulfilled covenant response to the Father. And he did it, and then in him we can do it. 
But that's, that, that's, we can talk about all of that some other time, but that's the basis for our obedience is his obedience. But here he's saying, now I want you to obey, step out and obey, but notice how this is a way to access God's love for us. He doesn't say obey to earn God's love for us. He doesn't say, if you keep my commands, um, then I'll decide to love you. No, the love it already is there. The keeping of the commands is the, is the way to get at it, is the way to receive it. Obedience is a way into the love that God already has for us. In other words, as one theologian put it, we need to keep the do inside the done. Dr. Bruner says, we have been taught by Paul and the Reformation tradition that we can never adequately do or keep what we're supposed to do uh, and to do that in order to keep a relationship with God. But when we believe that Jesus has already done everything necessary to put us into a right relationship with the Lord, our trust is not at all in our sufficient doing, but always in Jesus' sufficient doing alone. We do out of his done, right? When we keep what God has done in our minds and our hearts, then we live into that, then we're ready to go and do. That's where our obedience arises from. We remain in his love. We obey in his love. That preceded our obedience. Our love isn't enough to forgive others 70 times seven, but in Jesus' love, in what he has already done for us, we can do it. Our love isn't adequate for us to love our enemies, but in Jesus' love, in what he's already done for us, we can do it. Our love isn't enough to enable us to generously share God's gifts to us with others, but in Jesus' love and what he has done, we can do it. He says, remain in my love, not your own. We just run out of love. We leak. (laughs) We run out of it. But in Jesus' love, in his unending perfect covenant response of covenant obedience to the Father, we can do it. In him, remain in my love. That got to you even before you did one good thing for me. My love got to you. Now stay there. And he concludes this way. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Notice the point here is not drudgery. It's not, uh, now you just obey me or else. And here's the, here's the do list. The road to obedience is Jesus and our relationship with him. The engine for the journey is what Jesus has already done, and the result is joy. But notice, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. So we don't just get a generic joy. We don't even just get our own joy. We get the Lord's joy, his joy in us when we obey and we follow and we remain in him. Like our Lord's very emotions. This hit me in a whole new way when I was reflecting on this text. My joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This isn't just about imitating Jesus or being like Jesus. It is a true participation in the life of Jesus right down to his very emotions. You imagine what Jesus' joy is like? It's, it's available to us. 
as we obey, as we remain in his love and obey out of his love, his joy will be in us. Wow. With all of that, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Not as we want to be loved, but as he has already loved us. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then we get greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. How is the Lord inviting you and I to participate in his courageous love today? In what, in what daring way is Jesus nudging you, moving among you, pressing you to obey him as we get in the hug of the Trinity, right? We don't stay there. We live in this rhythm in our life, if you will, of being loved and held in the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit, and then pushed out and sent, and then we return, and we're loved and held, and we're pushed out and sent, and we return, and we're loved and held, and we're pushed out and sent. That's the rhythm of the missional life. That's the rhythm of the missional life in the triune God of grace. Where is God? To whom is God pushing you and nudging you um, to lay down your life? It doesn't come from you. That, that kind of giving of yourself, if you try to find it, if you try to self-generate it, you'll run out. And when you run out, that's an opportunity to get back into the huddle with the Trinity and say, I need it. Sometimes we run there. Sometimes we crawl there. Oh, Father, oh, Son, Holy Spirit, help me. I need to, I need to have your love. And he gives it to us every time. And then says, now go for it. Obey me. And then we feel that joy and laughter of Christ in our delight, in his, which is his delight. Maybe so. For you and for me, we want to be a people in that rhythm together. Huddled and sent, huddled and sent, sent and huddled, huddled and sent. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we remember again those forward deployed and pray that they would know deeply this very fellowship and for all the chaplains out there, let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, draw us into the very life, the divine life, the embrace of the Father and the Son. That we might obey joyfully bring to mind places where that, you're nudging us toward that, Lord. With family on the street, in the grocery store, in our walks, in our, you know, among our friends, among our colleagues, with our kids, our parents. Help us to obey you. Thank you that you're Love is waiting. Your very obedience is waiting to empower ours. And as you are sent, Jesus, so the Father sends us, but not without giving us everything we need. Through Christ I pray, amen.